Greetings from Hannibal, Missouri. And welcome to Rivertown Review, the podcast. An informative and hopefully entertaining look at all things Hannibal. With Megan Rapp. People tend to come, visit, they like it here, they move here. And Harold Smith. In our biased viewpoint, this part of the country, this community, is an excellent place to be from. And now, Rivertown Review, the podcast. Once again, we welcome you. It is episode 17 of the Hannibal Rivertown Review podcast. I'm Rick Smith. And I'm Megan Rapp. And uh, we, once again, we thank you for joining us from wherever you have uh, latched on to uh, episode 17. Uh, and we found out, or Megan, you found out, we we are international now, We've aren't we? We've gone international. Yeah. I don't know who in France decided to download our podcast, but merci. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all, all, all we can say. That's about as much as you're yeah, going to get. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we, yeah, we, 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 monsieur, or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Hey, we always said the Hannibal or, or Mark Twain is, you know, has an international draw, so we shouldn't be surprised no. that people it, from France want to know about Hannibal. Although, if I recall correctly, Mark Twain wasn't particularly a fan of the French, generally speaking. Well, you know, he, but he was humorous. Yes, he did it in a in a in a funny humorous. He wasn't sort a of fan way. of the German language either, and yet <laughs> we we get a lot of German tourists. So. Oh sure, yeah. You know, every, everybody loves Mark Twain. Yeah, and even if he didn't love him back necessarily. But take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. I mean, well, and towards the end, you know, he was crotchety. He really didn't like many people. So well, yeah. it's, it's it's all good. There's it's that all good. too. Yes. Oh, and I also have to little asterisk about mm-hmm. in episode 16 <laughs> you asked me about the golf yes and i mentioned the five-year-old driver that i got for my husband well husband <laughs> listened to podcasts and told me that i had forgotten to mention there's also a dent in the head of the club ah, so, all right then. just so you know not only was a five years old it has a dent in it five-year-old dented driver yes full yes. disclosure for anyone wanting to know about my so, so make that random. correction when it comes to your memory of episode 16. Exactly. Because you know people are really, I'm sure that kept people up at night. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, going, <laughs> what about this driver? Yeah, it just, yeah. It just, but we, again, thank you very much for joining us. And we are going to talk, uh, we're going to talk Parks and Rec. One of, one of, one of our, one of our favorite people, apparently, uh, the first really raving fan that, that I am aware of of the podcast was Mary Lynn Richards from Hannibal Parks and Recreation Department. Mary Lynn, I, hello. I love podcasts. I feel like I discovered podcasts because I've been listening <laughs> to them for so long. I just, I, I love them. I'm uh, one of those weird runners who listens to books on tape and, and, and uh, talk radio when I run. So when podcasts came along, it was perfect for me. And um, I just love it. I think it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a little radio program that you can take with you and listen to whenever you go. Yes. And yeah, you, yes. Starting with the fact that you have, what's, what's the long, have you, I know you've run in, in races of, of one sort or another. Have you done like marathons, that sort of thing? 37. 37 mm-hmm. marathons. Marathon. Mm-hmm. The whole big, 
Yeah, uh-huh. here to here to Palmyra and back. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> would be about a, about a marathon distance. Uh-huh. Yeah, something like that. How many miles do you run in a marathon? Twenty six point two. Twenty six point two. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think I've. <laughs> I don't know if I've walked 26.2 miles in my life. Yeah. That'd be a lot of steps on your step meter or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I need, I need, I need to catch up checking on that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason that we are very, very excited that Mary Lynn is here, not only is she, um, you know, part of our parks and rec department, you know, yes, we are fully aware that other towns have parks and have a parks and recreation department, but Hannibal is special for several reasons, and not just because you thoroughly use the parks for running these 26 marathons. <laughs> oh, I'm still, what? <laughs> yeah, that, that number just, yeah. Uh-huh. You've yeah. probably run every single trail of every park, uh, just about. Yeah, but I have my favorites. <laughs> I mean, I live near Riverview Park, so I always run and run Riverview every morning, almost. But now that we have Sedalis, it's such a great trail, um, and it's pedestrian. That was the one thing in Hannibal that we were lacking was pedestrian trails. So Sedalis is all pedestrian all the time and just a great place to run. And now we have it. Uh, it was... You know, you're in Hannibal. You're going to have to deal with hills. And I think those of us runners who go to other towns and, you know, you're running a marathon and people say, oh, watch out for that hill at mile, whatever. If you're from Hannibal, you just go, what are you talking about? What do you, you know? mean? Yeah, yeah. I didn't see, I didn't feel a hill. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it we does got, we got, train we, you well. Yeah. Among other things, we have Lover's Leap. So, yeah. You know, yeah. There, yeah. There's, so, there's uh, but Sedalis has it both, it has flat a uh, couple miles there and then some hills. So it's a really great place to go. So a lot of parks are named for the people or persons maybe that donated the land or because of a certain feature of the park. Sedalis is not a person's yes. name. Sedalis was, we didn't get to name Sedalis. The group that donated it to Hannibal got to name it. And it's the it's a group called the Conservation Fund. It was a $2 million gift to Hannibal. And it was purely to um, preserve the endangered bats that are that use Sedalis as their winter home. There are over two hundred thousand um, endangered Indiana bats. Their whatever official name is Myotis Sedalis. Oh, like their scientific. Yes, name. their scientific mm-hmm. name. But what I really like about it is Sedalis means social. So the the Indiana bat uh, is a social bat. They they hibernate together in big clumps of a hundred or so or thousands. So and Sedalis is also a place to be social. You go there with your family to walk, run, or bike. And um, Sedalis has just been a great addition to our town and it was a gift. So like I said, we didn't get to name it. And what we also like is that. We, they called it Sedalis. We, we wanted it to be called the Nature Preserve, not Sedalis Park. It's not like any other park we have in Hannibal. We'll never have playground equipment there or a big shelter. It is a nature preserve. It's for you to go out and enjoy nature. We've added some picnic tables, but you can't drive up there and drop off your cooler or anything it's all walking paths i was gonna say that's the other unique thing about Mm -hmm. about that as opposed to the other parks is no nothing nothing with well nothing with wheels or just nothing with motors 
Nothing with motors. Nothing with motors. Yes, okay. yes. Uh, wheelchairs and scooters and bikes, they're welcome. Sure. But uh, yeah, so that's what, it's kind of nice that it's called Sedalis Nature Preserve because it does make a difference. And also, you know, when the people, the Conservation Fund decided to take on this project, they were saying how unique it was that this big 200-acre nature preserve was so close to our downtown. And all those bat biologists and all those conservation people that came into town to put this project together, they kept saying, this is right near Mark Twain's home. It's literally blocks from Mark Twain's home. They yeah. love that idea. Yeah, because usually when they have a find like that, it's way out in the boonies yeah, somewhere. it's out in the country, out in the county. But it's but it's right here. And it's it seems to me that a number of years ago, it seems like the beginning, beyond the beginnings of this, uh, there were... Da- uh, there was some danger. There was a disease, some uh, some kind of uh, white yeah. white nose, white nose syndrome. Yeah. Yes, and, and, and that- that's really why they were on such a uh, movement to preserve the Indiana bats because they were really being affected with this white nose syndrome. And the reason they die from white nose syndrome is because any interruption in their hibernation makes them lose weight. They're very susceptible to being woken up. And so that is why we had to gate over the openings of those big caves back there so people can't go in there and wake them up. And, and you know, it's a really simple thing. People say, oh, we didn't, we didn't disturb the bats. People that played there for years, we didn't disturb the bats. But any movement, any lights, any sound, um, were, they were waking up the um, Indiana bats, and, and that's what causes or helps them die from white nose syndrome and and that's the other thing uh, as far as this particular find within the city limits of hannibal is that we have these they were they were limestone mines Uh at one time limestone mines yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and it started i was looking at research from it uh like it opened in 1871 as a limestone mine so and then they got after a time in the 40s or 50s they got all the limestone out of it that they could get and just it turned into a trailer park at one time. And then it was just a, you know, playground for ATVs. Yeah. But uh, thanks to, as you say, thanks to the Conservation Fund, the Missouri Bat Census, mm-hmm. which, of course, was all spearheaded by a lady from Hannibal. Right. Uh, right. She's the one who came to Hannibal in 2012, just wanted to see what kind of bats were back there, contacted the property owner and said, I've always been interested in and knowing what kind of bats are there, she, she lived here as a child and discovered it was those rare Indiana bats. And, um, you know, at one point they said that there were only 15,000 Indiana bats in Missouri. And the first census they took at Sedalis, they found 168,000 in at Sedalis. So it changed what we know about Indiana bats, it changed all the information about it. There are so many bat puns that they're we really use. <laughs> I mean, like, holy bats, Batman. What? That's, yes. So yeah. it's, it's like, it yeah. literally is the bat cave. Mm-hmm. You, it literally You is. found the Indiana yes. yeah. bat cave mm-hmm. in so If you want to go Missouri. to the Dallas, all you got to do is say, to the bat cave. To the bat cave. That's yeah. my favorite part. Right. Right. I, love go- I love going to Sedalis just <laughs> to watch my children roll their eyes when I'm like, let's go to the bat caves. And they're just like, oh my gosh, mom, you're so horribly cheesy. Yeah. Yes. 
I, I also love the fact that um, they're Indiana bats. Yeah, isn't that funny? They took, they took a wrong turn they around. Took, around they around, zigged around, they should have zagged. Around Terre Haute somewhere. <laughs> they took a left turn and the whole baby. I'm yeah. not sure if we have more than them now, but we were like within a thousand of, of <laughs> Indiana's. It was, it was just kind of a, it was kind of funny because, you know, they were discovered in Indiana. That's why they're called the Indiana bats, but I think we have more. And I, I heard a number at one time, what, when it comes to the number that hibernate here in the wintertime, like what, a fourth of all of the Indiana yes. bats in the uh-huh. world in hibernate the world. here. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the largest in the world. Yeah. yeah. And and now the number is we do they'll do uh, these bat biologists, conservation people, they do a census there every two years and the latest census was two hundred eleven thousand. Holy smokes. Mm. Now we do have to tell anybody that is is bat averse. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. guess we should have put this at the beginning. Yeah, we, I know. we might we might need to make a disclaimer uh, yeah. that you will not be attacked by bats. No. Reminder: bats mm-hmm. are nocturnal, mm-hmm. so people enjoying Sedalis Nature Preserve during the day, expecting to see bats, are going to be sorely disappointed. Right. Yes, they are. Um, let's see. What are what are some other just well, bats? Well, and that's the thing. You know, I always facts. it depends on whom I'm whom I'm talking to. I say if you don't like bats, oh, you're not going to see any bats. And then if people like bats, oh yeah, go up there, you'll see. <laughs> but at Whatever sunset, they yeah. if you really look, you will see some bats. At mm-hmm. sunset now, um, between September and October, they are seeing some of them in the openings. You know, you you they're very small. You have to look um, on, uh, sometimes we have bat biologists with special equipment and you'll be able to look on their equipment and it'll show you what bat it is and you'll, you'll be able to identify them and, you know, they use the echolocation. So it's, it's very interesting and you can see on that. Most of the time you're there, you're not seeing any bats. Right. I mean, so, technically, you know, where where I live, if I go out in my backyard at night, if if I look, I can see a bat. Mm-hmm, right. So it's kind of the right. same thing. Yes, I mean, it's yeah. not like you're going to be seeing these thousands. Yes. It's no. not, are there two hundred thousand bats? Yes. Austin. Are they all going to like? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be right. uh, like a Hitchcock movie and that's or something. The thing. No. We yeah. have thirty three openings to these mines. Uh, you can see on a good walk. You can see about nine of them. But, you know, these bats have many options. When they're inside there, there's no sign that say, come out this exit. So we, uh, you know, you have to, you're, you can find them. You can see them at sunset if you really want to. But don't worry about them getting in your hair. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, as you say, I mean, the Sedalis has only been a part of the animal parks and recreation system for three years. Three years now. Yeah. And, and I mean, and of course, and you guys wound up kind of having to scramble when it came to the trails and that kind of thing, because the, the demand for this park, the people just flocked to this, this area. Yeah. They were coming to the trails before we had trails. So Mm -hmm. now we have about three or so miles of paved trails. And we've also pretty well marked with signs the off-road trails because a lot of people like to do the uh, off-road. There's about seven miles back there. So those are a lot of fun. And, you know, I used to get calls in the middle of the day 
saying, I'm lost up here. Where, what can I do? They were just afraid going off into um, someone's property. But now it's really well marked. So you can do those. All, it's called Pirate Ridge. So if you see a sign to Pirate Ridge, you can get on there and you can get back on the paved trail really easily. Thank you for joining us for the Hannibal Rivertown Review Podcast. We'll get back to the show in just a moment. We want to remind you that if you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Also, for comments and suggestions, you can email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com and visit us at rivertownreview.com and Rivertown Review on Facebook. How many parks are on the list as far as uh, what comes under the umbrella of Parks and Rec? Well, it's kind of difficult because we have about 25 named park park properties. We have some other unnamed park properties that were given to us from FEMA, you know, when Ah. the big flood in 93 and then I think 2008. There were several pieces of property that FEMA said, we're not going to pay for this anymore. You can have it as park property and nothing else. So, like the South Main property, that's not really named, but that's a park property, and people can use it as a park. And they they did the is that part of where they did the buyouts and that kind yes, of thing? Yeah, uh-huh, well, people yes. that had homes there that were right. on the on the wrong side of the. I started to call it a flood wall. Mm-hmm. It's not a flood wall; it's a levee. We've already used the f word too many times. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. just okay. saying. Okay, on the other yes. side of the levee. Yes. And yes, it was and a buyout. A great, and it's beautiful. And, it's, and, it's, and it was high water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's it a will levy. still flood there in the rare occurrence. She used that the F word. Does she? but uh, there's there's no playground there. There's no ball fields or anything that's going to get hurt by any water there. Um, it makes a great green space. It honestly. does. It makes a great green space. And it's but right again, downtown. That's not really. Um, that's not a name park. It's just. South Main yeah. Recreation Area is what we call it. But when it comes to, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned, uh, of course, we've talked about Sedalis. The When it comes, when I think of the park system in Hannibal, well, the first one that comes to mind, I don't, there may be some, some uh, views that are photographed more than the scenic overlook at Riverview Park, but I don't yeah, know what it would be. I don't know what it would be. Yeah. Lover's Leap, maybe. Lam- but maybe yes, Lover's Riverview Leap. Park, of course, it's just a, the jewel. It's our oldest park. It's our biggest park, 465 acres. has a historic statue of Mark Twain. We are actually doing a lot of work on it. We're adding a, um, a butterfly garden um, to, you know, that's kind of mares for, we're on the mares for monarchs program right now so we're adding that um we're adding some more wildflowers and um adding some parking adding another pedestrian trail that's that's been there but people just don't know it it's there but um right behind the bathroom there's a pedestrian trail that goes behind the Mm. playground Mm. and ends up at soap hollow it's called white pines but we really haven't signed it because we've been keep doing work on it and board of public works has been doing work there but i think we're finally going to start being able to sign that so people know it's just a great i call it a secret trail to to kids that i have there for programs if you go behind the the um, bathroom it's just a little pedestrian walking trail mm-hmm. and speaking speaking of the mark twain statue for those that go and find our podcast and they see the picture that has Rivertown Review podcast, you see a picture of Mark Twain. 
that's the Mark Twain statue in Riverview Park. Yeah, it's, I mean, we've been working for the bicentennial. We've been looking on a lot of, for a lot of history about Riverview. And because it's on the National Register of Historic Places, we have the most history of it. <laughs> we have so much information, so many photos, so many old tourist photos of people taking pictures at the Mark Twain statue. It's really cool. And we're working on storyboard right now. We have all the information on the Hannibal Bicentennial um, website, a big timeline of Riverview Park. It's a lot of interesting history. See, we've got the we've got the historic park that is obviously still can be enjoyed today, and people take pictures as they have for how how many years now? Yeah, how long like has how, decades, do you know how long Riverview Park has actually been a part a part of the park system? A really oh, long time. Really I have long. I have seen I have seen the old black and white pictures of you know people in the in the uh, you know yeah long yeah it's it's been it's been there for a long time i was gonna say i've i've seen i've seen the long dresses since before mark twain died yes Mm -hmm. and uh and yeah the picnics and and all of that and then of course sedalis and i think sedalis i I mean it's it's just so fortuitous that it you know we as as a community have this because it really to me goes along with the new the new way people tend to use parks, yes, right. you know, for running, for hiking, mm-hmm. for biking, mm-hmm. um, not having to worry about traffic or, right. or you know, cars and, and things. I mean, people that are, like you said, training for marathons and Tough Mudders and, and all of these different runs and everything, you know, all and Warrior we do Dash. Have outdoor and, fitness equipment right there at the trailhead um, across Ely Street at Bear Creek Trail. Right there at Sedalis, there's outdoor fitness equipment. It's our first one. So we are really Of course I knew that. all about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, I was just letting you mention yeah. it mm-hmm. to make you look good. And yes. then, you know, you talk about different <laughs> parks we have. You kind of have to talk about Huckleberry just because yes. Huckleberry has the most amenities. Yeah. And you talk about the things that, you know, some people use parks for. Our ramp park is used every single day. Our tennis courts, our disc golf course, there's a um, baseball diamond, there's a fishing pond. So Huckleberry, it's only 63 acres, but yet there's so much stuff crammed into there's that a park. a lot going on. And it's on. a handicap accessible playground. Um, so, you know, we, we, you know, Huckleberry, you just can't, people use it. It's probably our most used just because people are there all the time. There's a lot there. And I, and of course, every time you and I get together and we talk about disc golf, uh, that is, I mean, that is a 12 for the, for the people, the diehard disc golfers, mm-hmm. that is a 12 month a year. It really thing. is. Yes. Yeah, because there uh-huh. is something that goes on in January, January February, ice, the, ice January, bowl. the ice bowl. The yeah. Ice bowl. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And I, and every time we serious. talk about this, I tell the story <laughs> a few years ago because sometimes the weather's been okay, but there was, there's been years when it has literally been an ice bowl uh-huh. and there was one year yep. you were ready to call it off. Yeah. But yeah, the people from Iowa called yeah. you and said, no, 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 <laughs> don't call it off. We right. are on our way. And They're they serious. slid down here yep. and they, they had an ice bowl disc golf course on an icy, I, yep. oh, you name it. It was yeah. falling out of the sky. And disc that golf day. is one of those, one of those sports that anybody can play. Yeah. You literally need a Frisbee. Yeah. That's it. And you just, it's a golf game with a Frisbee and a, a you also basket. Need aim. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's kind of a, you, you can play three holes. You can play 18 <laughs> holes. You know, you don't have to play the whole course. So it's a lot of fun. 
Yeah. But yeah, that is that is a busy place out there at Huckleberry Park. It really is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You talk about the ramp park. Of course, that's you know that's I say that's the kids thing because mm-hmm. you know you get older, you get brittle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there are some unless you run marathons. Well, yeah. unless you run marathons, and then that keeps. I cannot you. get on a skateboard. I've tried, but I it's I'm not very good at it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but those are you know Sedalis. Most recently, and then you have, as you say, at the other end of the timeline, you have Riverview, and then somewhere in the midst of that, you have, have Huckleberry Park, and then you have all of the, the smaller parks, the neighborhood parks uh, that kind of round things out. We do. We have a lot of neighborhood parks, and I really think those are the, you know, I just think that's your neighborhood living room. It's where the kids gather. It's where they, you know, have their neighborhood picnics. And, I, you know, I, I know it, it sounds so corny to say, you know, you walk to your neighborhood park. We really would like for everyone to be able to walk to a park. So, you know, it's kind of our goal in the years to come to make sure that you're within a mile of a, a neighborhood park. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, we've talked all about the, the outdoor features of Parks and Rec, uh, but uh, just right down the street from us is uh, Admiral Kuntz Recreation Center, which is an indoor venue that yeah. gets, a, gets a lot of a lot of. Uh, it really people. gets it. You, you really think about all the big events in Hannibal, and they're there because it has the biggest capacity, you know. So, really, we have a number, and 10,000, that use the Admiral Kuntz Recreation Center during the daytime hours. And that is people walking. It's a free walking, free walking facility every day of the week, except for the weekends. They play basketball, pickleball. We have a play without boundaries room with handicap accessible equipment. Um, you know, we have the senior adult dances every Wednesday that we have 50 some people there every time. And then plus all the events that happen there. So there's always something going on there. Yeah. Previous episodes, we've talked about uh, the chili cook-off and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and all of that, that that takes place there. And that they, they pack that place. Yeah. And and it's whenever the Music Under the Stars concert, whenever it rains, that's their that's their backup place. And it's a historic building too, mm-hmm. you know, Frank Sinatra sang at the grand opening of it. So Oh. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Ma- but Megan knew that. My, Megan knew that. Well, of course she did because <laughs> I, we haven't talked about that at least not on on the podcast. You will not find a bigger Frank Sinatra fan in the world than Megan Rapp. Is that po- right? Possibly my my uh, my husband's grandpa. He's ah. he's he's pretty good too. Oh okay. But... Okay, maybe he was second then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. We're looking for a picture of him singing at that at that event. Ooh. We cannot find it. So. I would any... be all over that. I could mm-hmm. totally do some research at the library. Yeah. Research yeah. is one of my favorite things in yeah. the whole wide world. So mm-hmm. we'll talk. We'll talk after the podcast. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah. Let's, let's yeah, save that for the podcast after the podcast. There yes. you go. But Maybe it, if we find the picture, we'll post it on yeah, our website, overtownreview.com. We we will do that. Yes. But now now I don't know what we're gonna have to post. We're gonna either have to post a picture of Sinatra to go with this uh, episode, <laughs> or post a picture of bats. bats. Yes. I still think you know bats don't know states is yeah great... you're right you're right bats don't know states they they are supposed to be in indiana but what we do know is that we thank you guys for listening and we thank you for all of your great reviews um thank you for your emails don't forget to if you have anything you want to hear rivertownreview at gmail.com find us on facebook share us with your friends um yeah and don't forget the rivertownreview radio show khmlradio.com 
uh, KHMO mobile app. That is every Friday morning at 840. Uh, Megan and I talk about uh, the specific happenings uh, in the, the coming week. Uh, we cover all of that as well. Uh, and, and we have apparently uh, uh, enabled Mary Lynn to cross one more thing off her bucket list. You've right. now been Thank on you. a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can die now. Yeah, and, 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 it might be during a marathon. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, didn't, I didn't even mention she is perhaps at least the first person we are aware of that has forced other people to listen to an episode of the podcast yes, against the their will which yeah. is my favorite mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it was against their will but afterwards they admitted i was right and this is family members admitting i was right Ooh. so you, you had a, a little deal. bit of a backstory of which one it was and why yes. not, well, not yes, just yes. because you were got, mentioned gotta finish the story that's right yeah <laughs> we were in denver with my parents my sister and my husband and we went to the molly brown house my mom and i did and um uh, the, the Molly Brown house is very interesting, but they, it's just not enough. You know, they don't have time to tell you the whole story about Molly Brown and Lisa Marks, who can tell it better than her. So I made them listen to the podcast about Lisa, that Lisa Marks gave about, um, about Molly Brown. And they even admitted that it was interesting, but the problem was you guys did mention my name in that podcast. <laughs> so they thought I was being totally self-serving and saying, oh, this is why you made us listen to it. So, <laughs> and my sister, you know, the California girl, she's like, oh, we know, Mary Lynn. Everybody knows you in Hannibal. Big deal. So so the fact she thought that's why I was making her listen to oh it. But gosh. she did admit that it was... Well, she did admit it was interesting. I was going to say, I mean, it just goes to show that we're here to help. That's right. <laughs> you, you know, are... we're here to educate, inform, entertain. From Colorado to France. To France. We, we are By here. golly. Yes, indeed. Oh, You're Mary welcome. Lynn, thank, thank, thanks. Thank, thanks thank for you. having me. Thank I you loved for it. sitting in. Yeah, I'm Harold Smith. And I'm Megan Rapp. And that is episode 17 of the Rivertown Review podcast. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for Rivertown Review, the podcast. For more information on all things Hannibal, visit our website, rivertownreview.com. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, please email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com. And be sure and join Megan and Harold next time for Rivertown Review, the podcast.